since learning the truth about alcohol over four years ago, I've become pretty skeptical about anything that seems too good to be true. You know, like alcohol. If you're like me and you can spot a too good to be true health hack from a mile away, congrats, you're a skeptic too. Ritual knows that every good skeptic deserves a multivitamin that exceeds our standards. I take Ritual's Essential for Women 18 Plus every morning because it has high quality and traceable key ingredients in clean, bioavailable forms. It's gentle on an empty stomach and has a minty essence in every bottle that helps make taking my multis actually enjoyable. No more shady business. Ritual's Essential for Women 18 Plus is a multivitamin you can actually trust. Get 25% off your first month at ritual.com forward slash sober mom. Start Ritual or add Essential for Women 18 Plus to your subscription today. That's ritual.com forward slash sober mom for 25% off. All right, you guys, I am currently struggling with a pinched nerve in my neck. And if you have ever had one, you know the pain. So I am feeling super thankful for today's sponsor, Tanasi. Tanasi's CBD, CBDA is two times better than CBD alone and better than over-the-counter ibuprofen, acetaminophen, and aspirin. It helps soothe and relieve my aches and pains, like my pinched nerve, and it's great for sleep and anxiety, so I put it on right before bed. Tanasi was discovered by a team of chemists and biologists at Middle Tennessee State University, and 5% of all revenue is given back to the university partner for ongoing research. It is THC-free and comes in a range of products. I love the topicals, but you can also choose from soft gels, gummies, and tinctures. Satisfaction is guaranteed. Try Tanasi for 30 days, and if you don't love it, you get a full refund. Go to Tanasi.com and use code MOM to get 25% off at checkout. That's T-A-N-A-S-I.com to get 25% off your first order with promo code MOM. Hi, welcome to the Sober Mom Life podcast. I'm your host, Suzanne of My Kind of Sweet and the Sober Mom Life on Instagram. If you are a mama who has questioned your relationship with alcohol at times, if you're wondering if maybe it's making motherhood harder, this is for you. I will be having candid, honest, funny conversations with other moms who have also thought, hmm, maybe motherhood is better without alcohol. Is it possible? We'll chat and we'll talk about all things sobriety and how we've found freedom in sobriety. I don't consider myself an alcoholic. You don't have to either. And maybe life is brighter without alcohol. I hope you will join us on this journey and I'm so excited to get started. Hello, happy Friday. Welcome to our special episode of the Real Sober Mom Chats. It's like the Real Housewives, but without the booze and the bad drama and the fillers. <laughs> How's that? I have heard so much feedback about the sober moms. You guys love the stories from real moms who are in it, who are figuring out, who are maybe sober curious. They're talking about their journeys, and that's what this is. We are bringing you moms from the Sober Mom Life Cafe. All of these moms connect over there 
if you want to come and join us, it's $15 a month. And you get, first of all, you get to sign up to share your story on the Real Sober Mom chat. That link to join the cafe is in the show notes. You also get weekly Zoom meetings. You get Discord chat where you can chat with moms just like you all day long. Book club. You get bonus podcast episodes. It's just a huge party over there. Come and join us. And I know you will enjoy this episode of the Real Sober Mom Chats. Stacy, welcome to the Real Sober Mom Chat. Thank you for having me. I'm so glad you're here and I'm excited to hear your story. Thank you. Yeah. Okay, so let's start. Let's start with alcohol. Yes. Okay. So alcohol started for me in high school. I kind of had a transition from middle school to high school where in middle school, I was kind of like braces and glasses and kind of nerdy. And I wasn't really prepared for high school and what it brings. And I had gotten my braces and my glasses off. You know, I really never like had the attention of boys or anything like that. And so all of a sudden I was getting all this attention and it was just really kind of weird for me. And I went from kind of this awkward girl to like, bam, I'm a freshman and I'm getting all this attention. And it was really, really, really strange for me. So that's kind of where it started. It reminds me of like any sort of teeny bopper movie when like the girl has glasses on and then she's like, she's like a dork and then she takes them off. And then, and then people are like, oh my (laughs) God, look at her. Right. (laughs) I know. Some people didn't even recognize me. Some people that I went to school with in, in elementary and middle school didn't even recognize me. And I have all this nervous energy. I've always been like a socially anxious and I've always been very sensitive. I can remember when I was a little kid, like holding on to my dad's leg, not wanting to leave him to go to class and just, and so when I was thrown into that, it was kind of like, oh my gosh, what have I gotten myself into? So alcohol kind of started there. It was drinking in high school, was going to parties, trying to fit in, trying to kind of find you know, how I fit into this new persona or whatever it was. I don't even know. But it continued into college and it just, it was such a normal thing to drink. It it was just part of what you did. On the weekends, you went out to parties and you drank. So that part was just normal for me. And it wasn't really until I got older. And where do you live? Where in the country are you? I live in Florida. Okay. Moved here when I was seven years old. Yeah. So, um, I went to college and did the whole sorority thing, partying on the weekends, all that kind of stuff. And then I graduated, got a job, and I never really settled down into a relationship with anybody. So it was kind of, I never got married, never had kids. I saw all my friends get married and have kids. And I thought, oh my gosh, there's something wrong with me. What am I doing wrong? So I kind of drank to like hide that part of me. I didn't really want to feel the feelings. I just kind of wanted to ignore it. And I just did that for a really long time. It wasn't until I was in my mid thirties that I met my husband at 35 and we ended up getting married and we drank together for the longest time. And then I just, I had some medical issues. So I went into the hospital and I had some problems with my liver and it was over Christmas and it was horrible. And I was like, I need to stop drinking. 
And I thought, okay, so I stopped drinking for about oh, maybe like a month. Was the liver thing, was it uh, drinking related? Like, did they tie it to alcohol? Yeah, I kind of fessed up to the the doctors and I was honest and I said, you know, I'm drinking one or two bottles of wine a night and they tried to get me help. And you think that that would be my rock bottom, right? They always talk about this rock bottom, but I actually never really hit that because after the hospital, I stopped drinking for about a month, but then it just, I just went right back into it. And I don't know if it was just how I felt about myself or if I was just like pressing down my feelings because I was just trying to be like this perfect person and I could never Mm -hmm. be, I was just never good enough. And I just hid that feeling for myself. You know what I mean? I just, I didn't, from the outside, maybe I looked perfect, perfect, but on the inside, I was really, really hurting. And did you really connect kind of drinking as a way to cope. So you kind of knew, yes, I, I'm drinking in order to cope with these like feelings of inadequacy or like something's wrong with you. Like you really could see that yes. the alcohol. Okay. Yeah. So it's kind of a background is, and I, I probably should have started with this, but kind of the background story is the way I viewed my parents growing up my mom was so beautiful. She was always dressed to the nines. She always had her hair done. She always had her makeup on, her lipstick. You know, I remember it was this coral color. Every single time I just saw her, she was just always perfection. And I feel like I wanted to be just like her. And I wanted to do everything to make myself good enough for her and good enough for my family and good enough to fit in. And even though I was showing it on the outside, I really wasn't feeling it on the inside. You know, Mm. I was feeling like I wasn't myself, like I wasn't being who I truly am. And I think now that I uh, have done the work and I'm sober, I'm almost sober uh, five years in March. Oh, wow. I've been through it all. And I still have those anxious feelings inside, but now I have all the tools to kind of cope with it. Yeah. When you were growing up, did you talk about any of those feelings or was your household like, I think a lot of ours that like, it was just the time that we just didn't talk about feelings. We didn't talk about what kids were feeling and what we were thinking and going through. Right? No, we never talked about it. And in fact, I still really don't talk about it with my family. That's what therapy is for. Yeah, (laughs) I feel like, but it wasn't really accepted. And I feel like we're living in a world now where we can talk about it. You know, my daughter now, I I look and I think, oh my gosh, I can't wait to tell her about it and talk to her about it and be open with her. Not that my parents, they did the best that they possibly could. It's just, it wasn't as accepted to talk about your feelings. And it was kind of like, don't leave the house without your lipstick on. You know, you have to look a certain way, even though inside you're not feeling that way. Mm. And it took a long time for me to finally, you know, I was telling you, I went to the hospital, I started drinking, and then I started drinking again. I was sitting on the couch one day and I just said to myself, I said, I can't do this anymore. I don't like who I am anymore. I don't want to do this. And that's when I, I called and I asked for help. And I did the normal rehab, which I'm thankful for. I'm glad I did it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What did you like about rehab? Because I, I've heard that too. You know, we have some moms in, in the group who have gone to rehab and they and they kind of sing its praises because it's kind of like a, 
I mean, for for lack of a better term, it's like camp for grownups. <laughs> right. Well, it was my first time while I felt felt like I belonged. Yeah. And I could relate to other people and I felt like I could I was more comfortable talking. And I think once I started being honest with myself and able to talk about it, then I was able to heal internally because I felt like I was more comfortable being myself. Mm -hmm. So that was a blessing. I did the AA thing. I tried really hard. I knew I knew that it was something that they wanted me to do. But after a while, I I, I got a really good therapist and she's just wonderful. And it's like talking to a great friend. And I think talking about it has been amazing. Meditation, journaling has been Journey is almost like talking about it, you know, with mm-hmm. just a pen and a piece of paper and just spit it all out. Have been great things. And and I have a whole bunch of tools. Brene Brown. Oh my gosh, she's yeah. like the best thing ever. <laughs> and just getting to the place where I have the courage to be vulnerable and talk about it and and embrace my myself of who I actually am, love myself. Um, I own my past, but I don't dwell on it anymore. And just knowing that I'm worth it now and, and I'm, I don't need to be liked and just living my truth. It's been such an amazing journey. And I mean, it's still doing it now to this day. I, I love, I love it every day. I love just reading new things and listening to podcasts. And my sister actually introduced me to your podcast and it's, it's been wonderful me. I just take a walk and I put your podcast. It's great. I love listening to the other moms. So alcohol, it's a poison. It's horrible. But if it wasn't for that part of my life, I don't think I would be who I am today. Yeah. So it's a blessing in disguise kind of kind of thing. Yeah. I love that because it's, it's a way to kind of yeah, you're not going to rake yourself over the coals for any mistakes that you've made, but you have used them and they're the reason that you are here today, right? And sitting where you sit. How do you, because when we talk about social anxiety, I mean, a lot of us struggle with, so I want to say like everyone has social anxiety. I think that so many of us drank to kind of help with social anxiety because we felt like we weren't doing something right or we weren't right inside or we weren't able to be ourselves in social situations. So how do you deal with social anxiety now that you're sober? Yeah. So now that I'm sober, I feel like because I'm being truthful with myself and I'm more being myself, I less care about what other people think. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's the thing. It's the thing is that, you know, like you don't want to judge people, but you know, they're judging you type thing. You know, it's just so that kind of stuff. I'm just like, you know what? It doesn't matter. You know, I just be yourself. And if they don't like you, then they don't need to be around you. Yes. So that's kind of how I how I do it now. Amen. Are you can I ask how old you are? I'm 42. Okay. So I just feel like something happens in our 40s too that we do kind of we prioritize other people and their opinions and thoughts about us way less and then we think about okay, what do we want? How do we feel? And coupled with sobriety. Like coupled sobriety with being in our 40s and you're just like unstoppable. Yeah, I, I I really think so. And becoming a mom, that was a big part of it. I had a struggle with fertility because of the alcohol. 
I really think that my body was so unhealthy because of the alcohol that, you know, I, I had some losses and I finally, my husband and I got pregnant with my daughter and she has just been, uh, I, she gives me so much joy. I can't even ex- describe it. Hmm. She encourages me to be a better person every day. And now that I can be true to myself and be, you know, happy with myself, and then I know that I can help her to be a happy person as well. Mm-hmm. And I've I've got such a supportive family. My husband, when I quit, he quit. Oh, wow. Surround yourself with people who are like-minded as you are, you know, and if they're not, then, you know, then you don't need to be spending time with them. Yeah. That can be one of the hardest things is like the friend fallout, right? It's like that trying to fit the square peg in the in the round hole. And when you're not a square peg anymore, and when you've changed and when your insides are changing and everything is just growing and healing and evolving in sobriety, like it can be hard to realize like, oh, this social situation or these friends or this friend group or what I used to do, I don't like anymore. (laughs) That could be tough. Yeah. And you'll find that the friends that you think are not with you, as soon as you tell them the truth, they will surprise you. They'll be like, oh yeah, me too. And then all of a sudden, neither of you are scared to talk about it. And you guys have this great relationship. I know I've, I've had great relationships with my friends since we've started talking to each other, you know, not just dancing around, you know, the situations and being polite. Now we actually have real conversations. So I think that everything surrounding taking something dark and making, you know, bringing a light to it is yes. been great. I think that that's such a good reminder too to allow people to surprise us, right? That's such a good reason not to keep our sobriety a secret and not to be ashamed of it and to share it, to share it with those right. who love us and who we love and who are closest to us and who we trust and all of that. And yes, to talk about it because no longer are we anonymous and ashamed. <laughs> right, exactly. And so you're sitting here almost five years sober. You said five years in March? Five years in March. Oh, I mean, that's that's incredible. Congratulations. That's huge. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. The drinking part really hasn't been the hard part. You know, it's getting my true self out has been like the part that's been the best of the whole thing, really. The alcohol and alcohol these days, it's looked like kind of down upon drinking has kind of been a nice little surprise there is that it's been more accepted to not drink. I really never had that like problem. When I told my friends that I was no longer drinking, they're like, okay, I don't, I didn't have anybody who is like, oh, I don't want to be friends with you anymore because you don't drink alcohol. So it's like the things you were fearing, it was all in my head. Oh my God. That's, I mean, I think that that's such a great, a great lesson is like all of the what ifs and all of the spiraling and all of the questions and the doubts and the fears, like we can really get swept up in them and allow them to take over Mm -hmm. when really, when we focus on what is and what we know, that's generally mostly just in our head. Right. I know. What would you tell somebody who is just like early sobriety, just, you know, a couple days, a couple weeks, what would you tell her so that, you know, she can see herself sitting in your seat in five years? I would say first is to get to know yourself and love yourself and 
live who you are as a person. You can own your past, but I wouldn't dwell on your past and believe that you're worth it and you can do it. And if you do, I mean, amazing things are going to happen in your life. You will be so happy that you did it. You will be living your best life. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Oh, I mean, I can't think of anything more promising than hearing amazing things are going to happen in your life. And that is the truth. That's the truth. Take it from us. Stacy's got almost five years sober. Right, exactly. I'm coming up on four. Take it from us, guys. <laughs> oh my God. Well, Stacy, thank you. I'm so thank I'm you. so glad that we got to do this. I know that it will help many women who are on this journey, who are just starting out and who are trying to figure out if sobriety is worth it, if it's for them. You guys, yes. Spoiler alert. Yes, it is. It yes. is worth it and it is for you. <laughs> Stacy, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of The Sober Mom Life. If you loved it, please rate and review it wherever you listen. Five stars is amazing. Also, follow me on Instagram at The Sober Mom Life. Okay, I'll see you next week. I'm going to go reheat my coffee. Bye. It's easy to blame ourselves for our struggles with alcohol. We see people around us being able to control their drinking without any consequences, yet no matter what we try, we can't seem to figure it out for ourselves. My name is Jillian Teets, and I am the host of the Sober Powered Podcast, where I use my biochemistry background to explain the latest research in addiction and help you understand both why you drink the way you do and how to develop the skills and mindset you need to find freedom from alcohol. I discuss topics like why we think about our drinking 24-7, why we have no off switch, and why we crave alcohol. If you're struggling with your drinking or you know someone who is, then I hope that you will check out the Sober Powered Podcast. New episodes every Friday. See you there.